understand the next time you play your family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Welcome back, everybody, to Meet Us at Molly's. This is episode 33. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Bryna, and with me, as always, is Ashley. Hey, everybody. Um, Gina is not going to be joining us tonight. Um, She's got some personal things going on, so it's just going to be me and Ashley talking about everything Chicago Fire, um, season six, episode eight related titled this episode is titled the whole point of being roommates and I think before we even hop into news we just want to apologize real quick for not getting an episode out yesterday on Monday like we had promised um you know sometimes life just happens you know it's been it's a holiday weekend you know none of us are really sure how our schedules were going to line up and so it kind of was last minute but we had to cancel our recording so Apologies about that, but we will hopefully be back on track as of this week. Um, But let's just hop into the news. There's not a whole lot of news, but we're going to talk about the little bit we have because it's interesting, I guess, to say the least. (laughs) I don't know what to call it, what word to use. But so the first bit of news is, okay, allegedly, we're going to use the word allegedly because we saw it on Twitter And it's not in an episode description, so it's not confirmed. But allegedly, Corbin Blue is going to appear in next week's episode of Chicago Med, which is season three, episode eight, titled, what, Lemons and Lemonade? Something like that? Something like that. that. Um, Ashley, you want to tell me what you looked up on IMDb? Because we just did a little (laughs) sleuth thing to try to figure this out. He's playing... Jono, I'm probably butchering that name, Oliver, and he's in one episode, which is next week. So I'm guessing, Actually, I don't know. Yeah, do you have any thoughts on who, like, who do you imagine is going to be working on him? Because I'm assuming he's going to be a patient, right? Like, I would guess. Who do you think is going to get to work on him? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe, um... Oh, gosh. Troy, maybe? That's I what like, I was thinking. Blanking. That's what I was thinking. I don't know why I was thinking Troy, but I was thinking Troy. I don't know. Like I said, this is all allegedly. We saw it on Twitter. Um, I mean, One Chicago Update is the Twitter that posted it, and they're usually pretty accurate about, like, the things they post, so I don't have a reason not to believe them. But like I said, it's not in an episode description, which Ashley and I were just having a conversation about this is really weird considering Corbin Blue, I would, to me, is big enough of a name to, like, warrant a guest star credit, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Good. It's so weird. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's that little bit of news. Um, we There was a People Magazine article, and it's semi-related because it's about John Seda, but it's not really about one Chicago. It's about... His friendship with um, Selena's widow, Chris Perez. And if you don't know who Selena is, she is, um, or she was, a Latin American superstar who um, passed way too young. Um, And there's a movie that came out about her life, and John Seda played Chris Perez in it. And I think it was in the movie came out 
Oh, I want to say Ashley when we were really young, like late nineties. Was we even born? We might not have been, but um, <laughs> it was late nineties. I've seen it a long time ago, and it's really good. But so it's about that, and we'll post it. But so again, it's kind of related because it's about John Seda, but not much. Um, and then the last thing we got was ET Canada who literally just keeps giving us all the scoop. Every week we've had something from ET Canada. I don't know why, but we've had something from ET Canada. And actually, we got to sit here and talk about this for a second because I tried to watch this video and I'm so confused. So it's about, there's supposedly a fire and med crossover coming up that is different from the 100th episode of PD and fire crossover that everyone's been talking about that ha- that's airing in March. But there's not enough details in it. Like, they talk about kind of what happens and, like, oh, how it's cool that, like, they get to cross over with men and blah, 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 blah. But, like, you can't just put out this video and not give me more details. Like, I just – like, when is it airing? Like, is it something we're going to see pre-Olympics and that's why ET Canada's teasing it? Or is it, like, post-Olympics, like, post-after this other crossover? And, like, is it different from the – but it is different because, like, it's been confirmed that the one that's – the 100th episode of PD is just PD and just in fire, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm so confused. I'm thinking it would have to air after the Olympics because wouldn't we have more details if it was before the Olympics? That's what I thought, and that's what I was thinking, and I don't know why, like, when they just did all this press, like, you know, last week with the TCAs and stuff like that, like, why was no one talking about it? Like, you would think, like – if it was going to be pre-Olympics, that someone would be talking about it. But also, like, a fire and med crossover that's this big is big enough to warrant someone talking about it. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, it's so confusing. I just, like. A lot of confusing news this week. Yeah. I think all the news did was confuse us. <laughs> it was, yeah. Because we're kind of in this weird spot where we're like we've gotten all the episode descriptions for the most part that are going to air pre-olympics then we're going to this olympics hiatus it's like two three weeks where we're not going to have much news or anything to talk about and then i i'm just so confused (laughs) that's really all it is is this week is hashtag confused brian week um but that's all the news as always if you see anything tweet it to us email it to us we're only three people. We can only look through so much Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And just... I don't know. We can just go ahead and say that there was a Tory interview. Did you read that one? I did not get the chance to read it. Ashley, did you get to read it? Yes. Hold on. I'll go through it real fast. Yeah. Why don't you talk about it then? She talks about... Okay. So far this it's a TV line article and they asked about how Will and Natalie have done a pretty good job of balancing work and their relationship. Mm -hmm. Are there any, are there specific instances where it becomes an issue? And Tori said episodes 13 and 14 In episode 13, you see them conflict big time on how they think something should be handled and it causes a big issue between them. And then episode 14, which they're working on filming now Natalie kind of takes a stance at her own, own, as her own woman, and just not what, not want to put up with anything anymore. It's really an interesting and exciting episode. And then we're gonna we're gonna see Owen, and then she touched. Oops, well, hang on. She also touched on like the last season about the Jay and Natalie situation. Oh, really? 
What does she yes. say? Let me see. Where is it at? Okay. Uh, they asked if they think if the three of them got together now, will it be awkward? And she said no, because it didn't go far enough for it to be awkward. But when I first saw that was happening, I did reach out to our writers. And I was like, first of all, people are going to hate Natalie because everybody loves Manstead together. And also, if you ever want Manstead together in the future, you can't have her dating his brother. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Natalie also dated her dead husband's father. Hello. She, and she said, she's just crossing all sorts of lines and boundaries. And I think we need to take a step back here. But it was an interesting choice, and I was going to go with it. But it just didn't work out. Interesting. It's interesting that, like, I mean, obviously, like, she knows her character. Well, I'm talking about, like, the Jay and Natalie stuff. But, like, she knows her character. And it's interesting the fact that, you know, she, like, went to the writers and said, hey, like, you know, I know this character and I know our fans and that, you know, and, like, gave her input. I think that's interesting. Yeah, I found that very interesting. I'm just really glad to, you know, we've had this book talk before. I'm just really glad that never happened. Right? She's right. We could have never gone back from that. I'd be scarred for life. That's her brother. That's, like... Will's brother and then she, no, just, just no, just no. And like you said, yeah, she had a history of, you know, dating Jeff, who was her dead husband's Husband, best friend. Best friend. Yeah, that would have not have okay. been a good look for her. But we don't have to talk about it because that's not what happened. <laughs> that is an alternate history. <laughs> At this point, that is an AU fanfic, not waiting yes. to be written. Um, but so let's just jump in and talk about the episode. So again, we're talking about Chicago Fire 608 titled The Whole Point of Being Roommates. So we're going to start and talk about, as always, we break this down into storyline. So we're going to start with the whole Dawson Bria stuff. So the episode starts and Gabby's visiting Bria at med. Um, she really just... She just wants to check in on Bria, and she brings her a pack of cards saying, you know, these really helped my dad when he was here, um, and that's all really the scene is. But you can already kind of starting to see the um, different threads being woven together and, like, seeing that Gabby's, like, really starting to get attached, even though it's been, at this point of the episode, it's been, like, <laughs> two scenes. But, you know. Um, so she goes back to the powerhouse, and she briefs Severide on the whole thing. Um, and even though Gina's not here tonight with us, she did leave us uh, some of her notes in our outline. So Gina points out, she said, this is why I love their relationship so much. Severi nurtures this side of her while Casey struggles to understand it. And I totally agree with that, 100%. I think the Severi and Dawson friendship has been one of my favorites, like, all of the entire run of Chicago Fire. And I'm really, I thought before season six that it was something that was really underdeveloped. But I really like seeing that. And I, you know, Casey does struggle to understand why Gabby gets so attached to these kids. But Severide, you know, is not questioning it. He just kind of goes along with it. And I really like it. Ashley, I mean, I know it's early and like we haven't talked about most of the episode. But what do you think about the way Severide goes along with Gabby as she kind of talks about like what's going on with Bria? I love I know I haven't watched, like, earlier seasons, but, like, the seasons I have watched, I really love their friendship together, so I was really liking them bonding together over this. Yeah, I was really ha- excited when I saw, like, when we kind of first reported that 
um, they were going to get a storyline together for these kind of four or five episodes that we were going to get pre-Olympics. And I'm excited to see how more goes on. But we're going to talk about the rest of the, like, thing. So outside of med, after Gabby and Sylvia are dropping off um, patients at the hospital, Gabby sees Bria after she's discharged. Um, Bria kind of makes some excuse and says, like, on, like, why she's kind of alone and no one's there with her to sign her out. She's like, oh, yeah, my dad, you know, signed me out, but he had to go right to work. They get pissed if he's late. Um, so Gabby offers her a ride home. And at first she's like, no, 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 like, it's fine. But then Gabby, like, is insistent, being her Gabby Dawson self. <laughs> and, you know, Bria accepts. And apparently, though, home is this rundown apartment building. Um, so when Bria goes inside, Gabby's talking to Sylvie, and she's like, I don't get a good vibe about this. So what does Gabby do? Of course, she follows Bria inside. And so Gabby knocks on the door. And when this unknown guy, this semi kind of shady looking guy, opens the door, Gabby's like, oh, hell no. Like, this isn't happening. Um, But and she's like, Bria, come on, like, get your stuff. And the guy's like very confused. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, (laughs) And Bria's like, no, no, no. Like, it's okay. He's my dad. Um, And it turns out that her dad was injured on the job and has since become addicted to painkillers. So he's kind of in and out of it the whole time. Like he's still present in the apartment, but he doesn't, you know, really do anything or, you know, is all like always sleeping or whatever. Um, And so Gabby's talking to Bria and, you know, she's like, Bria, you know, you can't take care of him by yourself. Like you need to get some help. Um, And Bria's like, no, no, no. Like if they, if I say anything, like they're going to take me away. Like you can't do this. Um, but Gabby makes her promise that she's, you know, she won't say anything, but, you know, she has to get help for him. And Gabby goes all void and leaves her card and tells Bria, you know, like, you know, here's my number. You can call me anytime, 24-7. You know, I'll be here, but, you know, just call me if you get into any trouble. And so the next day at the firehouse, um... Dawson and Severide are talking in Severide's office, and Casey walks by. And Casey, of course, is going to get all, make things all confusing. And so they're having a conversation about, you know, Dawson's going to Severide, asking what he would do. And Severide says, like, he's done something similar for, like, this for his mom, which got my bells, like, dinging. And I was like, save that piece of information for when Mama Severide comes for the first time. (laughs) You know, just file that away for future um and so Casey goes on this whole thing about you know maybe Dawson's getting snowed and you know maybe she's getting lied to and you know maybe this situation isn't really what it seems or whatever and Dawson's like you weren't there (laughs) and it's just like Casey just jumps to conclusions about like everything without knowing any details or whatever and then he goes on to say he's like yeah I know I don't know I wasn't there like you don't let me in or like something like that and it's just like Casey, come on now. Don't do this. Somehow they needed better communication skills or something. Yeah. And a lot of people, we got some comments about that on, you know, Twitter and emails. And a lot of people were saying the same things, you know, like, like, I think that was the biggest comment. Like, everyone was talking about, like, oh, you know, obviously they're still, like, very high in Dossie. But they're like, they need to work out. They need to learn how to communicate better. And the scene is, like, example number one. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway... So, um, Casey then determines that, you know, it's safer to remove himself for the conversation. So he leaves and whatever. And that's a good, good job, Casey, because it's safer for everybody (laughs) that way. Um, 
And so while Dawson is at Molly's, Dawson and Severide are at Molly's, hanging out with everybody, you know, just chilling after work. And, you know, Dawson gets a call from Brienne, you know, obviously anytime just happens to be while Dawson's there. And, you know, when she hangs up the phone with Bria, you know, Severide just immediately says, he's like, I'll drive. He doesn't question anything. He's just like, I'll drive. It's so good. But anyway, so they go see what's going on with Bria and his fa- her father's really sick. And he starts seizing, like, literally probably the minute they get there. And so Severide calls an ambo while Gabby and Bria are getting ice and towels to cool him down. And then he stops breathing. So Gabby, obviously, is lucky that she's a paramedic. So he, she's able to get him back. And then the paramedics arrive and they're able to stabilize him. Um, and Gina wants to know, Gina notes, she said, what was that moment when Dawson recognized Campbell, the other paramedic? There was something in her voice that, in the way that she said it that caught me odd. Am I just crazy? I don't even remember that moment. So, I mean, I kind of remember. Like, I remember the other paramedic showing up. But I don't even remember what her voice sounded like. So, Gina, I love you, but I'm going to say you're crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember it either. Um, But anyway, so before Bria hops into the Yambo, she just kind of takes a moment and looks at Gabby. And instead of saying thank you, she's like, they're going to split us up now. And then, like, the door shut on the Yambo and it drives away. Okay. It's a little rude. A little bit rude. Just, yeah. just a little bit. But, like, I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, I can only imagine what it's like going through what Bree is going through. And, you know, like, you're trying so hard to keep your family together when really just one little thing can break it apart. And, I, you know, I get it. I mean, I don't, but I do. So that's all she can think about in this moment. I mean, I, and, like, I get it. Like, you know, sometimes when you go through something so traumatic and so difficult, like, you know, the first, even though you're thankful, like, that's not the first thing that comes to your mind. You're so just preoccupied and worried for, like, everything else yeah, that's happening. Person. Yeah, and, like, everything else is happening in that situation. So it's rude, but I get it at the same time. Um, So Gabby goes home, and Casey's taking a nap, and she kind of just, like, wraps herself in a blanket and lays down on his chest. Um, And he doesn't, you know, nobody says anything. Gabby just kind of says, like, I don't want to talk about it yet. Um, and they just kind of have this cute little moment and Twitter exploded. That gift is, I've literally seen that gift every single day, multiple times, like everywhere. And Derek, uh, posted the script on Twitter and that little kiss on the forehead Casey gave Gabby wasn't even scripted. These two are <laughs> fucking adorable. I can't even. Oh, anyway. So... Dossie, they're still not, you know, they're not 100% back, you know, back on, like, completely normal, but they're there. And so they walk into work the next morning hand in hand because they're adorable and obviously they want to remind us of it at all times. And Severide comes up behind them and, you know, he's like, oh, hey, Gabby, how's Bria doing? And they talk about it, you know, while Casey just sits there and listens. But then they get inside and things aren't normal. Because, of course, literally in the moment, in this matter of, like, two seconds, things go from good to bad. And so Casey tells her when they get inside, he's like, you know, we're not communicating. And, you know, Gina has this little rant in the uh, outline, and she's like, 
she just told you she does not want to talk about it yet. She's like, did you think that meant she wanted to, like, to sleep on it? She's like, I get that you were half sleeping, but it's not communicating. Is she not communicating or are you not listening? And then Gina goes, I also understand that I can be very hard on Casey, but his stubbornness drives me a little zany sometimes. <laughs> and that's, I think that's an interesting point about the like debate on, is this an issue of Gabby not communicating? Is it an issue of Casey not listening? Or is it an issue of both happening? Ashley, what are your thoughts? Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. That's what I I've, think. They just need to, like, learn how to talk and communicate more. Yeah, I think I think a big part of Gabby's not, not being able to communicate is the fact that she takes pride in doing everything herself and making sure it gets done correctly. And so because she knows Casey isn't always going to agree with the way she does things 100%, she just kind of wants to close off and make sure, like, things get done the way she wants it to be done because – you know, she wants it to actually happen. But then I also think Casey, especially now when he's like new Captain Casey level of idios, idiotness, I don't even know. But, um, you know, he thinks it's slightly, it's been better obviously since those first couple of episodes where we saw it because that was bad. But, you know, he still thinks he's kind of like all high and mighty. And like, so he's like, oh, well, I don't have to listen to you what you say because... Uh, you know, I'm the captain, and but at the same time, he is the captain of the firehouse, but he's not the captain of their relationship. And so I think I think it's a little bit of both for sure. He kind of needs like separate the two. Yeah, and that's I mean, obviously she's not working directly under him anymore, but you know, he's not her boss. Yeah. So. But I definitely think – I think this is an interesting question, and I think it would be something we'd really like to see what everyone else, like, on Twitter and all our listeners think. Is this an issue of Gabby not communicating? Is it an issue of Casey not listening? Or is this an issue of both? I We think it's both, but we want to hear what you think. Um, so then Gabby obviously gets defensive and storms off because that's what anyone who watches the show on a regular basis would <laughs> suspect. So – then Gabby and Sylvie go to med after there's a canceled call, and they conveniently run into Bria again. And they notice Tina in the corner, and Tina is, um... Louie? Yeah, she is the, um, family service um, woman that dealt with the Louie case. And so Gabby goes and talks to her and asks her to take kind of, like, a longer look at this one. Um, but when they go back into Bria's father's room to kind of talk to her about the whole situation. She's gone. Because, of course, she is. Could have seen that one coming. And so, back in 51, Gabby beats herself up because nobody can find Bria. And Casey and Severide are trying to both console her, and they, you know, they both tell her to ease up. But then Gabby brings up Louie, and she's like, it's the same thing that's happening all over again. Too soon. I mean, it's been like what two se or two it season and a half ish, season and a half ish since yeah, that, like that since that, and it's still too soon, too soon. But 
So then Gabby and Severide team up and come all buddy cop again, and they start to theorize places Bria might go. And Severide mentions a stretch of Milwaukee Avenue that teenagers use as an encampment. And Gabby's like, I'm going. And Severide's like, well, you're not going solo. Because, um, of course, they're not. He's not. Let, even though he his buddies, even though it's his buddy's girl and his buddy's pissed at his girl currently, he's not going to let anything happen to her. So he's going to go with her. So this episode ends with them walking the encampment and asking if anyone knows Bria. And then Casey, on the other hand, shows up at Molly's and wonders where his wife has vanished to because he has no idea what's going on. Again, not communicating, but mm-hmm. not listening. <laughs> And so that's the end of the Bria and Gabby stuff. Um, Gia had a comment in here, and she said, TBH, I do not have a problem with Dawson leaving Sev- leaving Casey out of this. As I said before, Severide nurtures the side of her. While Casey struggles to understand it, Severide would never let anything happen to her, so it's best to let her get it out all out of her system and try to do some good in the meantime than try to talk her out of it. Thoughts? Ashley, what are your thoughts? I agree with that. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I think Severide is the best person to deal with this. Because at the same time, Severide is like, he's like a mix of Casey and Gabby himself. Like he is, you know, there's been plenty of times where he's, you know, gone out on limbs for somebody that he helped rescued or gone and did his own investigating in a situation that he probably wasn't supposed to be getting into. Um, But at the same time, like he has the kind of leadership side that Casey does and Casey brings to all these cases. Um, because obviously he's a lieutenant, so of course he has the leadership side. But I don't, I don't know. I don't have a pro. I think the reason I don't have a problem with Gabby leaving Casey out of this though is because I don't like the way Casey reacts to it. But that doesn't mean I don't think that Gabby's wrong for leaving Casey out of it when it comes to like the issues of communication in their relationship. Because I think, you know, obviously relationships are built on communication. So if you're not communicating, then you're not going to have a good relationship. But I don't mind her not communicating with him in this instance because I think he's an asshole when he, when she does. Does that make sense? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I just like so I'm like kind of like I don't know how I feel about that part of it. Like I don't have a problem with it because I think Casey's an asshole when it comes to this stuff. But like if you're trying to if Dolly's gonna be successful and continue to have a good marriage, then they gotta work on their communication shit, and this is not good for that. So yeah, and like Severus. She's safe with Severide. Like, Severide's not going to let anything happen to her, like Gina said. So, Casey just needs to let her go do this. and like. But he doesn't know that she's doing this. Like, yeah. she goes to, I mean, I'm assuming, you know, I don't know. They kind of imply, I think, that Minnesota Avenue is, like, can be kind of dangerous. I mean, they don't actually outright say it. They kind of, or Milwaukee Avenue, not Minnesota. Same thing. <laughs> Milwaukee Avenue, um is kind of dangerous, and so obviously that's kind of why Severide wants to go with her. But, like, he, Casey doesn't know that she's going there. And that's not saying that, like, Casey, Dawson has to tell Casey everything, but, like, I don't know. They just need to communicate. Like, Sometimes. literally a text just been like, hey, even if she had just lied and said, like, hey, going out to, um, like, going out with Severide, I'll be back later. Like, she didn't have to tell him like, where she, they were going, but, like, just even saying, hey, I'm doing this with Severide, like, be back later. I don't know. Yeah. That's my opinion, but who knows. Anyway, if you guys have any thoughts about 
Dossie's whole communication stuff, this whole Gabby Bria stuff, kind of where you guys, I mean, it's going to be happening for a couple more episodes. If you guys have any thoughts, email them to us, DM them to us. We'd love to hear them. So, and speaking of, yes. like, before we jump into Brett Sanio, I do you think uh, Dawson's going to end up, like, adopting or taking in Bria? You've got to think she is, right? That's what I, I think. I don't think so. I don't think she's going to adopt Bria, but my guess is that something, like, they're clearly saying, like, they're clearly implying that her father is not stable, whether he dies, I don't know. But they're clearly implying that, like, her father's not stable and not healthy. So, if he's still alive, then, like, she, without him giving up her rights, like, he can't, they can't, like, adopt her. But I don't see why they aren't going to be, I can't imagine a scenario where they don't become foster parents. Yeah. Or that Severick doesn't become a foster parent. Like, I can't imagine a situation where one of those two things doesn't happen. And, like, if Dawson wants to foster her, what, is Casey going to be on board with it? Or, like... Well, and that's kind of why I said, like, I don't know. This is, like, kind of the story <laughs> I've built in my head is that Casey's not going to be on board of it because he still has – this is, like, literally what I've come up with in my head. So Casey's not going to be on board with it because he's still not over the Louie thing, but he doesn't want to say anything because he doesn't make Gabby upset. But then when they actually have communication and they talk about it, Gabby's going to be like, okay, I understand. But then Severide's going to step in and agree to foster Bria. That's my whole, like, <laughs> situation I've had worked in my head. But I don't know if that's actually true. That's, like I said, it's just what I've worked out in my head. Because it's the only way I can see, like, them working on their communication issues and, like, having it, like, work out. And then, like, Severite still being involved. I don't know. That's, like, how it <laughs> A whole another like, storyline. Yeah. Ooh, but what if that happens and then Severite doesn't know how to be a parent because, duh, of course he doesn't, or a foster parent. So then that's how his mom comes in because his mom comes in to help him take care of so many things. <laughs> I've got... Just theorizing over here. That's what we do best. That's literally what we do best. And then, like, Stella lives with Severide, so she would have to be in it, too, somehow, wouldn't she? I don't know. She's too busy hooking up with that hazmat guy. Uh, true. At least according to episode descriptions. We have not seen anything. But he's around for a while, so I'm assuming that's a thing. It becomes, like, a real thing. Theorizing, man. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to talk about this, but we got to talk about Bertonio just makes me all down in the dumps yep but okay so let's get this over with so the bretonio stuff starts when sylvie walks into the common room at the firehouse and otis and cruz tease her about missing a grocery run and they're talking about the brand of toilet paper and cruz is like we only have so many brands so many so much toilet paper left he's like you gotta buy the one with the aloe blah 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 blah. and sylvie's like okay i don't care and she goes and, like, starts fixing her plate, and Otis immediately is like, who's the guy? And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, who's the guy? He's like, you've been out all the apartment all weekend, like, who's the guy? And Sylvie's like, it's none of your business. Like, I don't, you know, you don't need to broadcast my stuff, like, all around to the entire firehouse. And But Cruz insists, like, that's the whole point of being roommates is to broadcast each other's business into the firehouse. 
Um, and then Gina's like in her outline, she says, well, maybe it is unless said roommate is not your ex-girlfriend. Yes. Good point. Because obviously I always forget that, uh, they dated. And that Otis had a thing for Sylvie for a while. Sylvie, yeah. Yeah. But they, like, but Cruz and Sylvie were serious. I mean, they were, it wasn't like they were just together for like an episode. I mean, they were together for like multiple episodes and like probably over time, like the equivalent of like months. So, like, they were, yeah. I mean, like, as serious as that can be. But, like, they were seri- serious, I say, with, like, air <laughs> quotes. Um, but she's like, so, yeah, I'm not telling. She's like, what if it is a guy? Like, I'm not telling. It's not anyone's business. And then literally cut to the ambo in the next scene, and she immediately tells Gabby it's Antonio. <laughs> that stayed a secret for so long. Yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah, she's like, I can keep a secret. And then she, of course, like, I got to tell Gabby. Gabby doesn't say anything. Um, but it kind of seemed like she wasn't going to approve, so, like, it just kind of gets dropped. But Ga- or Sylvie kind of keeps going on. She's like, you know, it just kind of happened. Like, I didn't expect to run into him, but I did. And then, you know, things just kind of fall in place and blah, 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 blah. So then that's kind of it first for a while. And then it cuts to a movie night with Otis and Sylvie and Cruz. And over, Oda- over, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Otis gives her an out. I'm trying to combine words here. Otis <laughs> gives her an out, um, you know, about why she can, like, skip, even though he's not really serious, and she immediately takes it, and that's Otis's fault. And so she goes outside, and Antonio's there, because of course he is. And so there's this, like, adorable umbrella scene, which if you have not seen it, go YouTube it, because they're the freaking cutest. And then... There is, isn't there a gif of that somewhere on Twitter? Probably. We should probably retweet that because it gives me all the feels. Um, and then it leads to one of the best hookups in all of Chicago history, and they hook up in Antonio's. And it's just good. That was so steamy. Yeah, Twitter was flipping out. Because that's two in a row, and we haven't gotten any good Bretonio in general in just like a year. And that was two weeks in a row. But unfortunately, it's not last long. But anyway, so Otis finally figures it out without, I mean, without Sylvie confirming it, but he figures it out and he confronts Cruz about it at the firehouse when he finds a CPD shirt in their dryer at home. (laughs) And Cruz is like, well, that could be anyone's. Like anybody uses their dryer and he's like at home. And then Cruz like nearly flips out and like flings pancake batter all over the place. Um, And he's like, you know, why is she seeing Antonio again? Like, she's going to just get hurt, blah, 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 blah. And, like, clearly, like, throughout this whole storyline in this episode, the common theme here is that nobody thinks Sylvie can handle herself. And Sylvie insists that she's not the same person, that she can handle things just fine, which I totally agree with. Agree. Like, Sylvie's her own person, you know, especially after everything that happened with Hope. Like, she knows herself and she knows how to, like, you know, let her, let people in without, like, letting them break her. And so I think she's learned a lot since the last time she'd been with Antonio. So had she wanted to stay with Antonio, she could have stayed with Antonio. Okay, we're going to get to that in a second because we we're not there yet. But anyway, so Cruz and Otis and Sylvia leave 51, presumably to go home. And um, Cruz is giving Otis this lecture about how a large percentage of burn victims return to the habits that got them burned in the first place, which is really just a metaphor for the whole Sylvia and Antonio situation. And it's really funny. 
But Sylvie's pissed, but then she kind you can kind of see in her face for a moment that like she's taking what they're saying to heart. Um, and so then the last scene in terms of Antonio is Antonio, they're at Antonio's apartment, and Antonio is cooked for her. I repeat, Antonio has cooked for her. And, you know, he's going on about whatever he's going on about. And then she, you know, in, in all of the moments, she chooses this one to tell him that, like, while they ha- what they have is fun, you know, this can, is all it really can be. And she's like, you know, we both agree not to catch feelings. Come on. You've got to be kidding me. Like, you... It's like, okay. For me, like, and Ashley and I, we've talked... Ashley, we've talked about this while. Like, how we both kind of felt Bertonio was a little rushed last season. Like, it was like... One episode they met, and then the next episode where we saw anything Britannia related, she's at his door in the trench coat with like nothing but her underwear on underneath, and like she was all awkward, and it was awkward, and like I don't even it because they had never had any scenes together, right? So it just felt like rushed. Yeah. But now they've had a bunch of scenes together, and the chemistry between not even just Antonio and Sylvie, but just. But John and Kara has just built up over time, and it's so much better. And it's not rushed, and it's, like, you can tell that it's, like, been there the whole time. And now they – I think also what kind of really annoyed me about this whole situation is that not only did it barely last for an episode, but Chicago Fire Twitter built it up so much. <laughs> they Especially last week, like, after they got back together, they're like – oh, like, you know, like, our hearts are happy, blah, 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 like, all these things. And then, of course, it's, like, well, jokes. Yeah. And I don't take I this kindly. I like how they hyped it up like that. Yeah, and I don't take this kindly because I really like this, and I do think it could work. I guess maybe I'm I'm not in a minority because Bertonio fans are strong, passionate fans, <laughs> but I think it could work, and I don't see why they're not giving it a real shot. And I think this is an interesting point. So, and we got an email from Kate and she was said, you know, like I'm kind of confused about what's going on with them. And it brings up this idea. Is this, are they trying to make Bretonio like actually be a real relationship and like be love at some point? Or are they just trying to make this like a, every season we're going to bring them back together and have it be lust and have it be like a one episode hookup. I don't want that. Like if you're going to put them together, put them together. Yeah. Like don't, have them on and then off again in like two episodes like right and I get that obviously it's hard you know I think some one of the reasons why we don't ever really see crossover relationships that much is because it's hard to get everything work with filming but we only have what at this point we only have one right Platt and Mouch Mouch yeah and like we never see it like ever And I think that's kind of the beauty of what they have been able to do with Bertonio is, like, they've been able to make it work and make a good relationship that people really love. And I think, not that we have to see it every episode, but, like, every couple episodes would be fine. And, like, that hopefully isn't hard to, like, coordinate. So, like, I just don't understand why they're ruining something that could show, like, why they kick ass with all their crossovers. And, like, simple right. crossovers and that aren't big, like, the entire episode, the whole episode is a crossover. Right, like, they could have a meet at Molly's or something, you know? Right, right. Or, like, it's not like Antonio 10 million times has never dropped by the firehouse to check mm-hmm. on Gabby. Yeah. 
Exactly. Like, so it could work. It really could. It just, and I don't know. I'm. Doesn't didn't we read in one of the uh, different episode description? Doesn't he come back in like two weeks? Uh, I think so. So, who knows? And if that TV guide thing about someone being pregnant turns out to be Sylvie, we got some splaining to do. I just... I think it will, and then that's going to force them back together. But then I don't want that either. I don't want her. Well, I don't... Because then it's really going to feel, like, forced if she's pregnant and they end up back together. Right. I don't want... I want them to choose to be together because they want to be together. And, like, they realize that it can work. Yeah, not because there's a baby involved. Right. (sighs) (laughs) Ugh. It just... The whole thing makes me frustrated yeah so the last thing we have to talk about is the Bowden and Donna's brother Julian storyline so Donna's younger brother Julian shows up at the firehouse and Bowden is clearly less than thrilled to see him um that and so Donna's there with him too and she's like look who stopped by and it's Julian and you know Donna's like yeah like you know I offered for him to stay or whatever and Julian kind of mentions the um you know he's like if I stayed with you guys though like you'd have me changing diapers and then Donna says something about you know if he come around more often he know that Terrence has been out of diapers since he turned three which means he's older than three which uh, I'm gonna like do a throw when was the last time we seen Julian because I haven't watched, like, the beginning. We never saw Julian. We never did? Okay. We've never seen Julian. This is the first time. Because later on, Bowden, like, when he's talking, we'll get to this in a second, but Bowden does talk about how, like, you know, he never, like, he was never there for their wedding and all this stuff. So we've never seen Julian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is why, you know, Bowden, I think, is kind of suspicious because, like, he doesn't come around that much. He only comes around when he actually wants something. But anyway, so Donna has to return to school, and so she can't basically play babysitter to Julian, and so she basically uses her ways and convince, to convince Bowden to let Julian stay at 51 while she goes and goes back to school for the day. So Bowden, like, lets Julian loose and after giving him a tour, and Julian's sitting there at the squad table talking about the time he played in the Rose Bowl, and... Then Julian is getting ready to leave to go because I guess Donna's ready to meet up with him. And so before he leaves, though, he mentions talking. He wants to talk to Bowden about an opportunity. Okay. So then as Bowden's in leaving shift, Herman comes up to him and they're talking. And Herman tells him that dealing with shitty relatives is all part of this game called being married. And then Bowden talks about... He's like, I just don't get a good feeling about this man. He's like, that stuff in there about the Rose Bowl. He's like, yeah, he didn't even play in the Rose Bowl. He was hurt. <sighs> and this is like the moment where I was like, okay, this isn't going to end good. Like, I really thought this wasn't going to end good. But when a family member always comes on one of those shows, it never ends good. For real, though. It's never going to end up good. But at the house, um, we realized that... Terrence has grown into the, literally the cutest little kid ever, 
And I'm trying to think of the last time we saw Terrence, and I can't even – I don't remember. Probably when he was born. <laughs> Probably when he was born. Or, like, those few episodes, like, after he was born, like, with Bowden's dad. But, yeah. Anyway. So then Julian gives DeBoden the details about this opportunity that he has. You know, he talks about how he's opened his new consulting firm and he's looking to land his first client and he's selling these firefighting gloves. And so he's like, I want to, you know, he's like, they're $5,000 for, you have to order a hundred of them, but they're $5,000 total. And like, you know, I can give you some more information. So Bowden's like, okay, I'll look into it. And so the net, the last scene of the episode regarding this stuff is you know Bowden had talked about he'd had a scene with Herman about how he was hesitant to you know write a check for this and just kind of get Julian out of their lives because he's like you know I don't want things to look bad on CFG he's like I'm really sure he's like I'm sure Julian's not gonna actually come through with this like this is stupid and then but Julian shows up the firehouse and Bowden's like I said he's still hesitant but it turns out Julian pulls through in the end with actual gloves and a discount. It's going to be like $3,500 instead of $5,000. So Bowden's like clearly impressed that Julian actually had like a legitimate reason for being here. And yes, obviously it involves money, but it's like a legit business thing and not, you know, just some scam. And so Bowden fills out the check and Julian just keeps saying like how appreciative he is of everything Bowden's doing for him and the family and Donna and whatever. And yeah, so things turned out right. And like I said, Ashley, I think you kind of just said it too, but what were your thoughts about Julian? I mean, at first I thought he was up to no good. Yeah. Like he was like up to trouble or he was in trouble or whatever, but I guess he's not. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I don't know if we'll see him again. Yeah, that was my next question. If you think we will see him again. I don't know. Like... Part of me is kind of like, well, why are they bringing him in now? And, like, for the storyline and kind of setting him up with this thing, this, like, idea that, like, he can kind of be shady and doesn't show up a whole lot unless he needs something. And, like, only for it to turn out good. Like, that kind of seems just like a weird and wasted storyline and, like, wasted part of an episode. So part of me is like, well, he's got to come back at some point. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be next episode, but, like, end of season six, maybe? Yeah, they don't rarely bring in people from, like, a family thing just for one episode. So, um, he has to come back. Right, and like I said, they kind of set him up with this idea that, like, he only really shows up when he wants something. And, yes, he did want something, and, but, like, I don't know. I just don't see it being as clean and cut. As, like Yeah, like, as clean cut as it ended. So There has to be some drama in there somewhere. Right, we haven't had a whole lot of boat and drama in a while. It's got to come yep. where it's in due time. It's got to, it's coming. <laughs> um, but so that's it for everything um, related to this episode. Again, this what we were talking about season six, episode eight, eight. Yeah. Eight of Chicago fire. Ashley, do you have any general thoughts? What did you like it? Did you hate it? What'd you think? It was a good episode. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it except for the Bertonio stuff. I'm yeah, still I'm bad. I'm still pissed. Never getting over it. <laughs> I mean, I will once they get back together. But like, watch it turn into a Burzik thing, and it's gonna be like two years before we get to see a Bertonio oh, ever again. Gosh, I hope not. Uh, yeah, I hope not too. 
But if she is the one pregnant, I just don't want that to happen, though. It, she's got to be pregnant, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> she had, like, that hookup, and that's what's going to end up making her pregnant, is that hookup. It's got to be Brett. Unless it's kid, but then it's gonna be. If it's gonna be kid, then it's gonna be hazmat guy, and I don't see them keeping okay. hazmat guy around for that much no. longer. He's not gonna become a main character. No, and then for like a main character like that to get pregnant on the show, it has to be with another main character. Person. Yeah, main character. And she isn't hooked up with Severide and all else, so it can't be his. Nope. <laughs> so many thoughts, but and it's not Dawson either, so. Yeah, as we know, and as far as we know, it is not Dawson. Not Dawson. But who knows? That's for us to talk about in a later episode, whenever it comes <laughs> out. But so that's it for this episode. Um, as always, you can find us on all forms of social media. We're Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. We're Meet Us at Molly's. Um, email us. Please, 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 please email us your thoughts. Meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. We are always down to talk about things. I know we're not as good as responding to emails, but we try to respond to all the emails in the episode. So even though we might not respond to you directly via email, we try to respond to everything here. But we do read them and we do talk, we talk about them all the time. Um, we do love to, like, like I said, we do really like to listen or read them. So please send them to us. Um, you can find us individually on Twitter. I'm at K 13 Ashley. I'm at Ashnick095. And Gina is at Gina Watches TV. So that's again, that's it for this episode. We'll be back on Friday with two episodes. We'll be talking about this week's episode of Chicago Med and this week's episode of Chicago PD. So until then, have a lovely rest of the week and we'll see you guys on Friday. Bye. <laughs>